It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the moment last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition, everyone. My name is Katie Harla, and I'm a registered and licensed dietitian working with Nutritional Weight and Wellness. So Dishing Up Nutrition is a show all about real food solutions to your health concerns. We provide nutrition information that helps you change your life. So information like butter, coconut oil, nuts and seeds, that those foods are actually very good for you. But, you know, on the flip side, things like margarine, trans fats, and vegetable oils, you know, such as soybean and canola oil, those aren't good for you. So each week we cover a different topic, but this week we are dedicating our show to really everyone's favorite topic. So it's going to be all about metabolism. We'll be talking about the top three metabolism problems. So before I, before we really dig in, I want to introduce my co-host, Cara Carper. Cara is a certified nutrition specialist and licensed nutritionist with a passion to help her clients succeed in their nutrition journeys. Not to mention, she has the sweetest little daughter, Olivia, at home. (laughs) She's so sweet. So welcome, Cara. Thanks, Katie. It's really good to be back in the studio with you again. And can you believe Olivia is almost two and a half? Two and a half. We were talking about that before the show, and I was floored. I can't. Two and a half. And I don't know where the time goes. Where does the time go? She's so adorable. Thank you. Yes. You've seen her on Facebook, I know. I have. And in person. <laughs> oh, yes. that's right. Yep, yep. That's She's right. adorable. Well, you know, since we, we're not going to have the whole show about Olivia, just right. so listeners know that. Oh. <laughs> you, since we are going to be covering the topic of metabolism problems, I would like to share a client success story about overcoming a sluggish metabolism. I have a client who is stuck and frustrated with her weight loss. We had made several changes in her nutrition, but she was still not losing weight and she was experiencing on and off cravings. Things that were getting in the way, according to her, is were travel travel plans, which especially is especially around the holidays. Yes, yes. Very common for people. They'll, you know, a lot of times people come in just to talk about travel. How do I do this when I travel? Right. They make an appointment just to kind of have a game plan yes. for traveling. So traveling, social plans. And she wasn't planning and packing and preparing her food Mm -hmm. as much as she had hoped. So when she told me that she needed, she called it a kick in the pants. Yeah, okay. (laughs) We made some adjustments in her existing meal plan and her supplement protocol. And I saw her a few weeks later, and she finally was able to start losing that weight after not being able to for quite a long time. You know, that's pretty common is sometimes people get to the point and they realize that. They're like, you know what, I just need... I just need a little bit of a, as as she said, a kick in the, kick pants, in the pants and like a little bit of that structure to make their, it's almost like to make our brains like really do do it. Mm-hmm. So that's great. And just changing it up and it, what, you know, to be honest, it was more restrictive. Sure. But that's what she needed. Yep. She needed to get to the next level. Yes. And it's great that her husband is on board as well and he's lost weight. They're both really excited and motivated to continue on and maybe not, not quite as strict yeah. as that initial month. Yes. Um, but they definitely are going to keep some of those changes. That's great. That was almost like their jump start. Exactly. Yeah. That really is so incredible. I'm sure, you know, stories like that definitely give people hope that if they are struggling with their metabolisms, 
it can start to reverse. So this is why, I mean, just that example, this is why people need the support of a nutritionist. You know, so we can sit down with you and suggest other routes and really give you support. So, you know, Cara, actually your client was dealing with a couple of the metabolism problems we are going to be talking about today. Yes, she was. And number one on the list of metabolism problems would definitely be insulin resistance. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you may have heard us talk about insulin resistance in the past, but maybe you're having some trouble really understanding what we mean by that term. Yes, right. You know, so insulin resistance means, you know, for that for too long, you've been eating maybe too many processed carbohydrates. So foods, you know, when we say, you know, uh, processed carbohydrates, we mean foods like pretzels, foods like chips, chocolate chip cookies, popcorn. Yep, that's one. Wine and beer. Mm-hmm. It's that bowl of cereal that is commonly eaten for breakfast. Yep. Or M&M's from the co-worker's candy dish or the vending machine. Mm-hmm. It could be the pasta dish at your favorite restaurant. Those are all processed carbohydrates, and they're creating insulin resistance in the body. Yes. You know, so biochemically what happens is if you eat something like, let's say, a bagel for breakfast, um, what happens is it breaks down to sugar or glucose in your bloodstream. So actually it breaks down to around 14 and a quarter teaspoons of sugar. I mean, imagine. That's a lot of sugar. People wouldn't sit down and eat 14 teaspoons of sugar if they knew that. But that's what's in a medium-sized bagel. Yeah, you know, this is, that's a lot of sugar. Mm -hmm. And at once, and your cells, what happens is they get flooded and they get filled with sugar. So think of this kind of like an overflowing salt shaker. The sugar just fills and overflows from the cell. And over time, that flooding of sugar or glucose from processed carbohydrates starts to create layer after layer of resistance on the outside of the cell, on the cell membrane. So think of this layering. It's like a pile of bricks, one on top of the other. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what's happening biochemically is that the receptors on the outside of your cells are getting thicker and thicker and getting blocked and more blocked by all the inflammation that is coming from the sugar and processed carbohydrates. So this isn't, you know, this isn't something that happens overnight. This isn't something where if somebody decided, you know, hey, I'm going to go eat a big pasta dinner with, Mm -hmm. you know, a big slab of bread or something, that wouldn't, that one meal alone would not create insulin resistance in the body. Mm -hmm. It's the over time, the layering and the layering. The of breakfast, the, sugar. the lunch, the dinner, the yes. snacks. Over time. Every day, every yes. week. Exactly. That's a great point. And if the cell has resistance on it, it can't absorb all of the sugar or the, you know, it's the carbohydrates converting into sugar mm-hmm. right. that's being eaten because what happens is it starts getting stored as body fat. Instead of going from the bloodstream into the cell, it just goes right into fat storage. So keep that visual that um, we talked about. It's like the layering of bricks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's what's happening on on our cells. Yes, because they're getting so thick Mm -hmm. and coated from all of this. You know, so sometimes people start to wonder, you know, whether, you know, do I really have some of this insulin resistance that, you know, those gals gals talk about? So how, how can I tell? So why don't we give some examples to the listeners? Well, one sign that you have insulin resistance in your body is if you're gaining weight around the middle. Mm -hmm. Doctors describe the fat that accumulates around our bellies 
to be some of the most health-threatening weight that would be gained. And how often, I mean, you, you, know, you and I both know when clients sit down, one of the first things they say typically is, you know, I, I want to lose weight and I'm gaining weight and I'm specifically gaining it around the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that you hear that a lot. It's a like, lot. I never used to gain it around the middle yes. and I'm starting to gain it around the middle. Exactly. And so at the core of that can be some of this insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So gaining weight around the middle is a sign. Um, another sign of insulin resistance would be elevated triglyceride levels and blood sugar levels on your lab reports. Uh, insulin resistance, again, is something that happens Um, It happens in the body before type 2 diabetes develops. Really, type 2 diabetes is essentially full-blown insulin resistance. And also, difficulty losing weight Mm -hmm. is another (laughs) sign of insulin resistance. And that's because the insulin around the cells is blocking your metabolism. Yep. You know, so really, the bad news is that insulin resistance is hindering your metabolism and it's harming your health. But we always like the good news. So the good news is that it is reversible. You know, are you interested in how you can reverse it? It all boils down to balanced eating. Balanced eating really means you eat a real protein, a real carbohydrate, and a real fat. Really, essentially, every single time you eat. By eating real foods in balance, you control your blood sugars. And that can reverse insulin resistance. And balanced eating can be really simple. Mm-hmm. It might sound overwhelming. Mm-hmm. We're going to give you just a couple of ideas of what we, what we mean by balanced eating. Yes. You know, so this is something that we do with clients as we, we talk about some of these things. So let's say for breakfast, you know, so think about your breakfast. Think about what you're typically doing for breakfast. You know, one thing we talk about is let's ditch the cereal and toast and choose, you know, something like eggs for your protein. Uh, sauteed peppers and tomatoes with a half a cup of sweet potato, that would be a great option for your carbohydrate. And maybe one to two tablespoons of real butter for your fat. So you could cook all of that together and that will help to balance your blood sugars. Now we'll give you an example for lunch. And maybe you are going out to lunch with coworkers Mm -hmm. and realizing that that is slowing down your metabolism. So a better option would be to pack a lunch. I like to pack a lunch so that I'm fueled midday and not weighed down by fast food or restaurant foods. And, you know, sometimes we do have that Chipotle mm-hmm. across the street from our YZ office. Yes, right. And there are, you know, you can make a fairly good choice at Chipotle. Yes. But I do find that I sometimes, my energy's not as good. Mm-hmm. My blood sugar is a little bit out of balance. Yes. And my digestion isn't great. Yes. So, you know, sometimes just, it's just a little bit easier just to pack your own lunch and you feel better. But pack- We have a great Minnesota and turkey wild rice casserole recipe on our website. It's delicious. Isn't it? Yes. That's a good one. I know they've served that at um, nutritionist meetings before. That's a Yeah, it's a really good recipe. Maybe serve that with a side salad that has an olive oil dressing. And it makes great leftovers. Yes. And I I don't know about you, Cara, but I love leftovers. I do too. Nothing better than leftovers. (laughs) You're like, I don't have to cook. I'm just going to grab my leftovers, right? (laughs) Yeah, so a snack option, um, ditch kind of the that junky vending machine snacks because um, they really aren't good for your metabolism. So instead, try packing a snack. A favorite is a couple of meatballs, and that would be our protein. Maybe half a cup of carrots for the carb and olives. That's a great fat. I actually had that last week for Did some you? Of my snacks. Yes. <laughs> and that's easy as mm-hmm. well. It is easy. So for dinner, it could be that the pizza and pasta that you've been eating— on a regular basis, are hurting your metabolism. 
So for a more balanced meal that's not as high in carbohydrates, try two cups of our white chicken chili recipe. That also is on our website. Mm -hmm. And you could serve that with a salad with some dressing on top for the fat. That's a great one. You know, actually, uh, we were talking about the white chicken chili recipe in my nutrition for weight loss class. I believe it was last week. And a lot of the class members were just raving about it. So that is That's also a, good one. a favorite of clients is the white chicken chili recipe. So again, it's on our website. Mm-hmm. So take a look at that. Yes. And we have seen clients reverse their insulin resistance time after time. But it does mean a change in lifestyle. And it means consistency. Yes. And that is exactly what we're going to be talking about. But I think it's time for a break. It is already. Okay. The time goes so very quickly. Well, you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Have you been an avid radio listener but have never been to one of our classes? Maybe you've taken the Nutrition for Weight Loss series and need a refresher. Well, we have just the solution for you. It's our two-hour Jumpstart Your Metabolism class. And you're going to learn how real foods in balance support long-term weight loss. We have a lot of classes coming up in the metro area, so get your calendars out. I'm going to give you some dates and times real quick here. Uh, The first one is Wednesday, January 15th, 630 to 8.30. That's in Buffalo. Another one will be on Wednesday, January 22nd from 1 to 3 in Anoka. Uh, Wednesday, January 22nd as well, 7 to 9 p.m. in Plymouth. In Wyzetta on January 22nd, (laughs) three of them that day, 7 to 9 p.m. And then January 28th, 5.30 p.m. in St. Paul. And you can hit another one at January 29th, 7 p.m. in Maple Grove, January 30th in Woodbury at 6 p.m. Wow, that's a lot. That's a mouthful, so right? So probably missed some of those. Um, check out our calendar online, weightandwellness.com, or call our office, 651-699-3438. Please call the studio today if you have a question, 651-641-1071. Want to bring the great information you hear each week on Dishing Up Nutrition to your workplace? Well, you can. Nutritional Weight and Wellness teaches classes at companies all over the Twin Cities. Whether your office is large or small, they have a class that's right for you. Choose a popular lunch and learn class, such as Foods for Great Energy, Stress Busting Foods, or the Food Mood Connection. Longer classes like Nutrition for Memory and Focus are perfect for wellness days. These fun and formative classes help you make good nutrition choices at work and at home. What happens when you and your coworkers eat healthier foods? Employees notice increased energy, focus, and stable moods. Employers notice less absenteeism, higher productivity, and improved management of chronic conditions. A healthy workplace leads to healthier, happier employees. Plus, it's easier to make good choices or lose weight with the support of co-workers. To bring nutrition classes to your office, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438 or go to weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. So have you or a loved one been sick this winter season? You know, I know many clients, friends, and family members have caught either a cold or the flu. Really, being sick is no fun. So if I have a client or a loved one getting sick, I suggest a product that we carry in our offices that I absolutely love. And I think, Cara, you love this supplement, Mm -hmm. too. We've been taking that for years, and it works so well. Awesome. So it's called Wellness Formula. So it supports the immune system with a variety of vitamins, minerals, and herbs. So we find that taking three to six capsules three to four times per day when you are feeling sick really helps to support your immune system and really kick it. 
Mm-hmm. Just, it just gets rid of it. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kate Crosby actually wrote a fantastic article titled Supplements to Stay Healthy During Cold and Flu Season. And that can be found on our website. So, Cara, I think we have a caller before we, we do. go back to what we Let's were chatting about. Let's go ahead and take Leah's call. Good morning, Leah. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Do you have a question? Yes, I do. Um, several of my friends and my sister, they juice. And I'm wondering what you think of, like, how juicing relates to they're not getting the protein or the, the starch that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been kind of on the fence of, like, is it good? Is it just mediocre? I'm not sure nutritionally how it comes out. Well, I think it can be, if it's done properly, it can be a great way to mm-hmm. get in maybe vegetables and fruits that someone's not getting in their diet um, from okay. like sitting down and eating a salad. But I think w- without knowing exactly what's going in the juice, um, what we would recommend is mostly vegetables. Mm-hmm. Mostly like vegetables such as, you know, spinach or um, kale kale or celery or cucumbers kind of those more non-starchy vegetables mm-hmm. so okay. focusing on those maybe like one serving of fruit you know mm-hmm. half of an apple half of a banana and then that would be the carbohydrates so to make that more balanced to balance blood sugar and you know avoid the ups and downs that can lead to insulin resistance right um, we would say you know get a protein and a fat and you could put a scoop of whey powder and some coconut oil mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Be one um, example. Do you think that juicing or like the smoothies one is better than the other? Because we, I do do the smoothies more than the juicing, but like my, my sister says juicing is better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but all, everything you mentioned, she does put in her juices, like all the deep greens. And oh, good. Oh, good. Those. Okay. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of people focus more on the fruits. Yes. The, yeah. So, but that's good that she's doing. That's the veggies. Great. They're both they're both great as long as you keep your juicing tailored. So you keep it like we're talking about. Um, okay. You know, if you're going to do a smoothie, there's a really great product called Dynamic Greens. So it's essentially it's essentially dehydrated vegetables and a little bit of fruits, and it, okay. it but it tastes great. And if you're going to do a smoothie, you can throw some of that mm-hmm. into your smoothie to get that same antioxidant punch that you would get if you were having some of the fresh um, juiced greens. That sounds good. What is that called again? It's called Dynamic Greens, and we actually carry it in our offices. So it comes in a variety of flavors, mm-hmm. too. So whatever you like. If you like strawberry kiwi, I love the chocolate one. Espresso okay. is my new favorite. Yes, that is also <laughs> extremely good. Okay. Sure. All, All right. right. So thanks for the call, Leah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. You know, so we were uh, talking about insulin resistance before we went to break. Um, you know, but a, a big component is that we have seen clients reverse their insulin resistance time after time. Um, and I think that's a new thought for people, you know, because I think a lot of times people just, you know, think, well, maybe I have this insulin resistance or even I have, you know, this diabetes and I can't, I can't at all start to heal or reverse it. But we have seen that happen in our clients. So, you know, the big thing is that it does, it does mean a lifestyle change and it really mm-hmm. does mean kind of some consistency in the eating so again, it doesn't happen overnight. We have to heal the cells again. Absolutely. And in order to heal this insulin resistance, it gets back to the balanced eating. Mm-hmm. So of course, another thing that we know is that healthy fats, such as coconut oil, butter, olive oil, and avocados, help to heal the cell receptors and to slowly reverse insulin resistance. Yes, that's that's great. So healthy fats, they're anti-inflammatory, and they help to... I don't know. I almost think of it as just 
resurfacing the cell. Mm-hmm. So remember before how we were talking about this, the cell membrane being kind of crusty or almost overladen with bricks? Mm-hmm. This healthy fat helps to break those bricks down, mm-hmm. if you will, and helps to resurface and heal that cell. And it becomes, it's more like a flexible, yeah. pliable membrane instead of like the hard crust. Yes, right. That's a great, <laughs> that's visual. A great visual. I'm a visual person, so I, I like too. those. And another bonus of good fats is we need fat for mm-hmm. our metabolism. Yes. You know, a fat-free or a low-fat diet mm-hmm. is actually not helping metabolism. Right. You know, another thing even from that I think about when I'm trying to help a client break down their insulin resistance and increase their metabolism is whether or not they are lacking specific nutrients. You know, so for instance, omega-3s and vitamin D are both important to heal insulin resistance. So let's, for example, look at Mm omega-3s. Omega-3 fatty acids affect every part of the body every part of our biochemistry. They're a vital component of the cell membrane, and we want to seal, heal the cell membrane when we're dealing with insulin resistance. Yeah, and I uh, was actually looking up some research this week, and there was some research coming out of the Hormone and Metabolic Research Journal, and it showed that for individuals who consumed um, you know, an average of one and a half pounds or so of fatty fish a week, so that's really that's about six four-ounce servings that you could be eating mm-hmm. at lunches and dinners throughout the week. That when they consumed, you know, that kind of fish throughout the week, as well as the equivalent about of about three teaspoons of fish oil um, every day, it increased their insulin sensitivity and it decreased their CRP numbers. So CRP numbers, they're just kind of like a marker of inflammation mm-hmm. for people. So really what the study proves, yet again, is that fish oil, which is omega-3, mm-hmm. Fish oil is anti-inflammatory and helps our cells start to heal and to reverse that insulin resistance. Yes. I mean, we, we know that fish oil is so important. And that's a lot of, um, that's a supplement that we use quite a bit with people mm-hmm. to help with some of these, you know, the insulin resistance. And uh, don't you think about like 3,000 to 6,000 milligrams yes, per day that's, for insulin resistance? Yes, that's a great, that's yeah. a great number that we use. Um You know, another one, magnesium is also so important to breaking down insulin resistance. So sometimes we think with uh, magnesium, we think of it for blood pressure and cramps. But another thing that it does is it breaks down insulin resistance. I was reading a book called The Magnesium Factor, and it stated something we as nutritionists already know. It was discussing how a low magnesium level inside the cell is a key reason why people develop insulin resistance. When we have low magnesium, our fat and our muscle tissue becomes more resistant to the glucose getting mm-hmm. into the cell. Yes. So, again, if the cells have this resistance, we end up converting the excess sugar or glucose in our blood to fat. It gets stored as fat. It gets stored as inflammation. Mm-hmm. That is a recipe for slow metabolism. Right. Um, you know, magnesium, we just love it. It's just such a superhero. <laughs> it even helps our metabolisms. It's amazing. I know we always talk about magnesium, but that's because it really is important for so many different things mm-hmm, in the body. Mm-hmm. And it's what it's used in 300 different, three over 300 different biochemical functions in the body. In the body. So if you're wondering why we talk about it on every show, chances are you, you could benefit. Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, you know, so now we know that insulin resistance is a major contributor contributor to a slow metabolism and must get reversed if we want our metabolism to start functioning properly. 
And another contributor to a sluggish metabolism can be found at the base of your neck. It's your thyroid. And I feel like, should we get into thyroid or should we take an early break? I think this is a great time to take a break. Okay, because thyroid's big. Thyroid's a lot of of chit-chat. Yeah. Okay, so let's take our second break here. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And we're talking about insulin resistance today and ways to reverse it to improve your metabolism. Something that comes to mind is alpha-lipoic acid. Mm-hmm. It's a very powerful antioxidant that recharges all other antioxidants like vitamin C, mm-hmm. vitamin E, glutathione. Research from the Free Radical Biology and Medicine Journal studied the use of alpha-lipoic acid on type 2 diabetics to determine its effect on the improvement of insulin sensitivity. That's just the opposite of insulin mm-hmm. resistance. Yes. And there were 74 subjects. The results showed that a dose of 600 milligrams of alpha-lipoic acid taken once a day orally significantly improved the subject's insulin sensitivity compared to the group that didn't have any alpha-lipoic acid. So alpha-lipoic acid is helpful. Magnesium is helpful. Fish oil is helpful. Mm -hmm. Vitamin D is helpful. All great supplements for insulin resistance. Yes. And we'll be back in a minute. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. So a couple weeks ago, we talked about the idea of making a true, long-lasting commitment to yourself this year. So what better way to do that than signing up for our Nutrition for Weight Loss series? There are so many benefits of taking this series of classes. You know, it's a 12-week long series, so really you get ongoing support. You get to sit down for a consult with, with one of the nutritionists, and you learn... And get educated on what to eat for overall health and weight loss and why you should be eating those foods. You know, so we, we really believe that teaching you how and why to eat certain things will give you the lifelong change you need. Um, it's not about kind of selling you the latest diet pill, the, the latest potion or lotion. It's really about educating you so you can make changes that last. And, you know, I think personally, for me, you know, knowledge is power. So if I learn something... You know, it it helps me get motivated to make the change. And that's really what we hope to do and inspire people in these classes. Um, You know, so we have classes starting up all over the Twin Cities the week of January 27th. So check out our calendar online or you can give our offices a call to sign up today. So 651-699-3438. That's the, uh, the number for our main line. Um, Otherwise, give us a call with your metabolism questions today in the studio. It's 651-641-1071. And we were just about to dive into a huge topic of thyroid. Of thyroid. So we thought (laughs) it would be a good time to take a break. So, you know, yeah, another contributor, as we were saying, to a sluggish metabolism is your thyroid. So the thyroid, just a little background, it's the butterfly-shaped gland, and it sits at the base of your neck. Um, And it regulates a variety of bodily functions, you know, including your metabolism. So think of the thyroid gland as the engine of the body. And just like in a car, the engine relies on fuel to Mm -hmm. transmit energy to the rest of the car so that it will go and function properly. And the thyroid relies on appropriate fuel from our food, the right foods, of course, to make mm-hmm. it run our body effectively. Right. I like that analogy. Yeah, that's a great. I love that one, too. <laughs> you know, and I know a lot of people have made the connection between low thyroid and a sluggish metabolism. You know, in fact, a lot of my clients, and I'm sure a lot of your clients, Cara, who are struggling with their metabolisms have 
either, you know, in the past or recently requested that their thyroids get checked. Mm-hmm. You know, so in a little bit, we're going to talk about thyroid testing and how some of the tests we receive aren't sophisticated enough to tell us the whole thyroid story. But first, there are some physical symptoms that may indicate a problem with your thyroid. That's kind of a good place to start. Yeah, right. Just find out if you have these symptoms. And some of them are feeling really exhausted mm-hmm. or depressed or even weak and fatigued. Yep. Um, you know, if you are someone who has very dry skin or you take a look at your nails and you notice that you have really brittle nails or they split easily, um, you know, maybe if you're somebody who's very sensitive to cold. You know, I have some some family members who are always, um, oh, I'm really cold. I'm very cold. I'm always cold. You know, so if you're very sensitive to cold, uh, constipation, irregular or heavy menstrual cycles, um, even memory problems. So think of it like this. If the thyroid is low, the functions of the body are low or sluggish. Mm-hmm. And that cold hands and feet, too. Yes. And sometimes like thin- thinning of the hair mm-hmm. or thinning of the, eye- the edges of the eyebrows. Yes, but that's a that's actually a very key indicator when people's yeah. eyebrows, the outside um, third is starting to thin or fall out. Mm-hmm. So, of course, having one or more of those symptoms doesn't automatically indicate that you have low-functioning thyroid, but it should alert you and make you consider whether or not a checkup would be something to consider. So, um, sometimes symptoms are increasing over time as well. Yeah, right. So, that's maybe such a slow increase of the symptoms that you don't even realize that they happened because they've been, you, you know, been happening over time. So... All right, everyone kind of grab their paper and their pens. Um, Since we're going to be talking about checking your thyroid, we want to make sure that you are very specific in what you ask for. So really, we recommend people, if we're working with clients and we feel like it's appropriate, um, we would recommend them to get a full thyroid panel um, and get that completed, you know, and in that full thyroid panel, outside of the, the standard test, it also includes results for free T3, Uh, free T4, and thyroid antibodies. Typically, when people get their thyroid levels checked, they only receive one number. It's the thyroid-stimulating hormone, or TSH, number. But this doesn't paint a big enough picture for some people in regards to their Mm -hmm. thyroid function. Often what happens is that that TSH number will come back normal, but that doesn't necessarily mean that their thyroid is functioning optimally. Right. You know... For example, the TSH number may come back completely normal and you would be told your thyroid is functioning completely fine. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. You know, however, that may not be the case. You know, so if we dug further and we actually received more thyroid lab values, we might notice a problem that we wouldn't have caught if we had just requested that TSH Mm -hmm. number. And have you noticed too, Katie, that the TSH range can be really big? Yes. The, the the range can yeah I mean, it's very like point five to five that's yes. a really large range yes yes um so again that it could be a false a false reading reading you exactly know, that that you are within normal limits mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then for example you know we would see in the full thyroid panel we would not only see the TSH and the T four but there we would look at the T three so. In our bodies, we actually convert T4 into T3. T3 is like the active or the metabolically active form of the hormone. So we want T3 to be normal. Otherwise, our metabolisms aren't going to function. Right. You know, so kind of an example, if the TSH is normal, the T4, and again, that's just another hormone 
indicating thyroid function. T4 is normal and the T3 is low. So TSH is normal, T4 is normal, and the T3 is low. We would say your conversion ability is off. Because remember, we need to convert T4 into T3 Mm -hmm. because T3 is the metabolically active form. You know, so in this particular scenario, our brains as nutritionists would ask, you know, okay, what is blocking or reducing the ability to convert Mm -hmm. the thyroid hormones of the client? And there's a couple simple things, actually. Mm -hmm. Lack of selenium or iodine is going to reduce the ability to convert the T4 to that T3. Yes. So, Katie, what are some foods that are high in selenium? Well, let's see. I can think of a couple <laughs> off the top of my head, but, you know, what are you thinking? Well, I, what always comes to my mind is Brazil nuts. Yes, that's one Other that I always... listeners probably know that as yes. well. Sunflower seeds. But other foods that aren't as commonly known that they have selenium would be eggs and turkey. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, so often what... I do is if um, I'm thinking some of these things, like maybe the client's conversion is off and we haven't had a lot of information on their thyroid yet, you know, I'd still, you know, suggest to them, hey, you know, start eating some Brazil nuts um, because it it could potentially be helping your thyroid because that Mm -hmm. does have that selenium and that selenium is so important, again, for the conversion of T4 to T3. It's actually involved in a lot of enzymes that convert the hormone. And the functioning of the thyroid can be really complex. Mm Mm-hmm. Conversion of the T4 to the T3, that's just one of the issues yes. that someone with thyroid problems may be experiencing. And there really can, you know, after after we've been researching some of this, um, we do know that there can be several different indications going on with the thyroid. So, you know, in testing, receiving the thyroid antibodies, that's another test that we would see. Receiving the thyroid antibodies would help your doctor determine whether or not you have an autoimmune form of hypothyroidism called Hashimoto's disease. And information from the American Nutrition Association.org mm-hmm. discusses how celiac disease and gluten sensitivities in general have been shown to affect the functioning of the thyroid. So there's so many pieces there to this are... thyroid puzzle. It's it's good to get a nutritionist opinion. And really cuz there's yeah, there's so many different pieces and everybody is so different. You know, so some, you know, maybe one individual they have some inflammation blocking that conversion. You know, maybe that's coming from their gluten sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've we were talking before this, you know, we got into studio, like even some the the digestive system, the state of the digestive system having enough good bacteria affects all that. So it's it's such a big picture and everybody's so right. personalized. It's not just one answer of, you know, taking Synthroid just as an example. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It can be more complicated than that. It can be more complicated than that. Um, you know, a another test that you can do at home to monitor thyroid function is to take your temperature. You know, so usually we equate taking your temperature with sickness. You know, hey, I'm feeling sick. Maybe I'll take my temperature. But... You know, taking your temperature can be a great way to determine thyroid function, and it's a great way to, de- to determine overall metabolic health. So this would really, before you go and get a thyroid panel done, this would be a great step to take before you do that because it would give you a good indication maybe what's going on in your system. Mm-hmm. Dr. Broda Barnes was a physician who studied endocrine dysfunction and was really interested in the thyroid in mm-hmm. particular. And he found that before rising, um, this would be a healthy temperature range, 97.8 to 
to 98.2. And again, that's before getting out of bed. Yep. Yes. So you basically have the thermometer at the bedside, roll yes. over, and it should be between 97.8 and 98.2. And you just keep that under the arm for 10 minutes. Yeah. So, you know, if the temperature is above that range, uh, you may be hyperthyroid, meaning your thyroid is overactive. So again, if it's above the range of 97.8 to 98.2, you may be hypo or hyperthyroid. But otherwise, if it is below that range, you could be hypothyroid, and that would indicate an underactive thyroid. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just remember the thyroid is the engine of the metabolism. The thyroid is the engine of the metabolism. So if the engine is worn out and slow, the rest of the body you know, even including the metabolism, will be working slowly. And we think this is a great test and recommend that you take this test for three days in a row and then just calculate the average because mm -hmm. things like internal hormone mm -hmm. fluctuations can affect temperature reading. You know, especially for um, for gals, you know, we yes. can, like with our cycle, it can definitely um fluctuate and determine what's going on with that testing. So mm -hmm. um, I've, I've even read for gals, they should take it on uh, who are cycling on day 19 to day 22 of their cycle. So, right. And then just take that average. And take that average. Well, it's time for our last break here today. And I just wanted to mention to listeners that I did, I had a great opportunity on Tuesday to be on CARE 11 just to talk about how reducing sugar in the diet can mm -hmm. help with so many things, but metabolism yeah. is one and Cara did a great job oh you did you, such Katie. a great job <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun I got I to meet Diana Pierce yes <laughs> I was sitting there and watching I was like go Cara <laughs> cheering awesome. me on yes. that's awesome but I showed people where sugar is hiding in foods that you may not know would mm -hmm. necessarily contain sugar so if you do want to check out the clip I think it, it's on our Facebook page it it's is. also I it's on our website as well weightandwellness.com so you can Take a look at that. It's just a three-minute clip. Yeah. And if you have questions for us today, give us a call at the studio, 651-641-1071. At the end of a busy day, it can be tough to get motivated to get out the door for another obligation. And once you're cozy at home, who wants to go back out? But you still want to work on ways to feel better, and nutritional weight and wellness can make that easier. Right now, their popular Balanced Foods for Balanced Moods class is available online, so you can balance your time, too. This class shows you how to use real food to reduce negative moods, increase energy, improve memory, and manage stress. And did I mention it's delicious? Get the same breakthrough coursework taught by the experts at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, but from your home and on your schedule. Learn how to feel better with the Balanced Foods for Balanced Moods class and do it in your slippers and sweatpants. Sign up today. Go to weightandwellness.com and register in a snap. It's online learning from Nutritional Weight and Wellness that helps you balance your time, too. Go to weightandwellness.com. What are you waiting for? So welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. So when working with our clients, really what we are, we are providing to them is called nutrition therapy. You know, so say you have joint pain. Nutrition therapy could help you. So we work with you to pinpoint the problem, maybe why it is happening, and what we can do about it nutritionally. This is how nutrition therapy has helped one of my clients. So I had a client with a lot of joint pain. Uh, a lot of joint pain. 
You know, after looking through her health history and the foods she was eating, we found out her joint pain was happening because she had a lot of inflammation in her body. So she was sensitive to sugar, and sugar was what was really causing the inflammation in her body and making her joints ache. So what we did is we created a plan to help her get the sugar out, as well as to stop craving the sugar. And I think that's a key piece because people know they shouldn't be eating the sugar, but we you know, they still have that craving for it. So we also helped her stop craving the sugar. So with the plan we put together, she was able to get off the sugar and get rid of her joint pain. So the nutritional solution really is different for everyone. Some people need extra omega-3s. You know, some are very deficient in vitamin D. You know, some individuals have multiple food sensitivities causing their aches and pains. And, you know, some people have all of the above. So nutrition therapy really is, it's just a, it's a targeted approach. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it's, that's kind of what we do. That's cool. So Katie, look at the calls. We do have quite a few calls, don't we? Yeah. I have to apologize in advance. I don't think we're going to be able to get to everyone because we only have a few minutes here, but I'm going to take, we're going to take as many as we can. Hi, Maylee, you're on the line with Dishing Up Nutrition. Do you have a question today? Hi, thank you. Yes, this is Maylee. Um, I love your show, by the way. Oh, thank Thank you you very much. Yes, thank you. Just a quick question. Uh, This is regarding taking your temperature. Um, I have done that before to test my temperature in the mornings, and I have a digital thermometer. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it beeps within, what, two minutes, sometimes three, and I'm not sure if I'm getting an accurate read. You know, if you can find a mercury thermometer, um, that would be your best result. I know when I was looking up some of that information, they were... Uh, recommending people use a mercury thermometer. Yeah. They're harder to find. And actually, I've been meaning to look into where we can recommend getting a getting one. I would maybe call your pharmacy, local pharmacy, and see if, see they, if they have, have one. one. Okay, great. All right. Thanks, thanks for the call. Yeah, thank you. All right. Good morning, Joe. You're on the air with Dishing Up Nutrition. Do you have a question for us? Yes, ma'am. I, I love your show. I've been listening to 107. It's a fabulous show. Oh, thank I you so much. Hashi, Hashimoto's disease, yep. and I learned something recently from my doctor that I wanted to share with your audience, and that is he told me there's a difference between the generic levothyroxine and um, Synthroid. Okay. And I, so he recommended for my condition um, that I take Synthroid, the brand name, and not the generic, and that there was a difference in Mm. research uh, between a brand name and a generic, and they're not always the same. And it did make a difference in my Mm. health condition. Interesting. And I wanted to share that. That's a that's a great. Thank you very much for sharing that. I did not I did not know that. Mm -hmm. I kind of thought the generic was. The same. But. Yeah. You know, one thing we do know is that some people, Synthroid is the T4 that we were talking about. You know, and some people, if they're having conversion, convert, or problem converting T4 to T3, sometimes Synthroid won't work for them. I mean, that's something we've seen in clients before. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it's working for you, though, it now sounds- that you got the, the brand yeah, name. It's working for mm-hmm. me, but I highly recommend that people. Uh, when they go in, that they have the complete uh, blood test yes. because it really helps. That yes. lipid panel you talked about. So did about? you get the full thyroid panel? I did. That's yeah. fantastic. That's great. Thank you oh, so much. I think, I think we lost him. We lost him. We got some good information from him, though. So thank. want to thank Joe for calling in. Katie, can I just take one more Let's take here one more and, caller. Okay. Hi, good morning, Faye. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Good morning. Um <clears throat> I have a, a very fast metabolism, 
and I am on Synthroid. I have had my thyroid tested and the whole the complete blood work done. Mm-hmm. Everything seems to be within normal, but I just wonder I get <laughs> why I have such a fast metabolism. I get tired of having to eat mm. so often. <laughs> so was your metabolism always fast or is it yes. since you went on the Synthroid? No, it's always been fast. You know, sometimes and I've seen this in some of the research too is that people um some of their, their hormone will fluctuate back and forth, like from fast to slow to fast to slow, and that could be indication of more of an autoimmune condition with the thyroid. Uh-huh. Um, so that might be something to look into. You could always get your thyroid antibodies checked. Um, otherwise, you know, it can be the same thing as maybe there's something causing inflammation in, in your thyroid and your, in your thyroid hormones mm-hmm. um, the same way. So, you know, maybe it'd mm-hmm. be great to sit down with one of the nutritionists. We could really help help you pinpoint what in the past or what's going on with maybe your eating that could be affecting your thyroid function. We would love to do that. It almost sounds like it's going from hyper to hypo. It could be. Which, yeah, like Katie said, could be an indication of an autoimmune Mm -hmm. thyroid disorder. And I'm also losing my uh, my eyebrows. Oh, yes. Yep. So you have some kind of signs of the, yeah, the high thyroid and the low thyroid. Um, yes. And so for that, we would really recommend, you know, even before you come in with the appointment is a full thyroid panel to get okay. tested. Yeah. So you can get that full thyroid panel, come in, and then we could maybe see what else is going on in your thyroid because mm-hmm. maybe something's going, you know, wrong with your medication too. So great that would suggestion. be great. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Faye. For the long time. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Thank Faye. you. Have a great day. You know, so we have a just a couple, couple minutes. minutes left here. Um, great questions on thyroid. Um, but our final metabolism blocker, it's an imbalance of female hormones. So a state of estrogen dominance, dominance pardon me, can actually slow someone's metabolism. So here are some classic signs of estrogen dominance. Stubborn weight around the middle, similar mm-hmm. to that insulin resistance. Yes. A lot of times they do go hand in hand. So weight around the middle, but also, you know, gaining weight on the, the butt, the hips, the thighs. Mm-hmm. Women may also experience more PMS or symptoms of menopause, mm-hmm. like hot flashes, night sweats, heavy periods that seem to be kind of clotty, maybe uterine fibroids. Yes. Those are all indications of estrogen dominance. And um, another, a more serious, you know, extreme version of estrogen dominance would be a diagnosis of cancer, mm-hmm. uh, reproductive cancers like breast cancer uterine, or even prostate cancer. Those are all linked to estrogen dominance. You know, so people are really becoming estrogen dominant for a number of reasons. You know, things such as birth control pills, hormone replacement in women can create an estrogen imbalance, as can just being overweight. An excess of body fat in the body actually creates more estrogen. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a catch-22 there. Mm -hmm. Katie and I did a show a while back talking about the, you know, kind of the downside of estrogen dominance and that we also talked about xenoestrogens in that show. Yes. Those are synthetic estrogens. We're getting them from a lot of different places. They come from our environment and they're absorbed into our system. Mm -hmm. So they might be coming from plastic, from herbicides or fertilizers, pesticides, chemicals found in our water and our air. And they actually, they act like estrogen in the body. So they even create more of an estrogen, estrogen dominance. level, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, it's great to sometimes eat organic um, and get BPA-free plastics because there's less toxins mm-hmm. and compounds. 
You know, so one way all this estrogen blocks the metabolism is actually a connection back to the thyroid. Um, it makes thyroid hormone less available and also reduces the ability, again, of T4 to convert to T3. All of this meaning our metabolism slows down. <laughs> and we alluded earlier that elevated estrogen causes fatty tissue growth. Mm -hmm. So the more fat cells in the body, the more they grow because they're producing more estrogen. And this is commonly seen, again, with weight gain around the middle, mm -hmm. the hips, and the thighs. Yeah, it really is a vicious cycle. And in order to stop that vicious cycle, we have to re-regulate our estrogen balance. Some simple solutions, something like, you know, get eight to nine hours of sleep every night. Drink sufficient water, 10 to 12 eight-ounce glasses of water for most people, and also get enough exercise. There was some research published in an, is in an issue of Cancer Research, and it found that three hours of moderate exercise per week significantly reduced circulating estrogens in postmenopausal women. So exercise helps to reduce some of those estrogens. And those are definitely some basics that need to be practiced for overall health, but for estrogen balance as well. That's sleep, water, and exercise. Yes. You know, and Cara, I know in the beginning, um, you actually use something that we carry. It's called Estrium Whey on your client, and that helps mm -hmm. to detox some of those estrogens. Yep, it's a great product. So, you know, we've come to the end of the show. Um, you know, time goes so qu quickly, and we always have such a great time talking nutrition. We didn't, you know, get to every little piece um, but look for more shows in the in the future about metabolism. So everyone have a fantastic day, and we'll thanks for tuning see you in later. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.